Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 412. Persevere. I, I Yeah, I think you have to stay focused and don't let any uh, any stumbling blocks get in your way. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit, with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, James Caldwell. James, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. Great to have you here. James Caldwell lives in Menlo Park, California, and he's an automotive artist who's been focusing on painting cars since 2007, although he's painted since he was a young boy. He's a graduate from Rhode Island School of Design and Industrial Design, and he followed in his father's Jim's Footsteps, who was a renowned landscape painter. James' passion for automobiles runs deep, and his goal is to capture the complex reflections and distortions of light and color in the intricate surfaces of an automobile. He's been on Jay Leno's Garage. His art hangs in private collections around the world, and I discovered James at the Concorso Italiano in Monterey during Car Week last summer, where he's their official artist creating magazine covers, posters, and calendars. James, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, I think I've always been interested in cars. I started from a, a young age hearing my father tell stories about his driving adventures, both in the U.S. and in Europe. He had two iconic cars, his first car being a Volkswagen Carmingia convertible. Ooh, nice. And which he drove across the U.S. countless times to and from Williams. And then before graduate school, he purchased a 356 Cabriolet, mm. which he drove around Europe and then brought back. And these cross-country adventures, my father is in his early 70s now. The freeway system was not complete back then, which is hard to imagine. Yes. But, <laughs> but he would... Anyway, he has he has wild stories that I that definitely inspired me and piqued my early interests in in cars. And when I decided to go full time as an artist, cars were the obvious choice because in my dabbles in artwork, I was always attracted to reflective objects. And I think there's a complexity in reflection that can always be challenging if you push yourself. And it, it has always captured my, my interest. 
Yeah, you know, a lot of your art reminds me of several guests I've here had here on Cars. Yeah, Harold Cleworth and Scott Jacobs. And if you look at their work, the work and the reflection of their artwork, it reminds me a lot of of what you're doing. And you mentioned Carmagia. My first real sports car when I was in high school was a Carmagia. And I know that you have a – is it a Beck Spider that you have? Yes. I, yeah. have a Beck, I have a Beck Spider that I love very much. I had a Beck Spider. I hate to say the word had. It's one of my sellers for more stories. But, uh, yes, they're great fun. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about you as we move through our talk here today. But first, I'd like to ask you for a success quote. It's some kind of a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, James – Take the wheel. Well, I think any time I've been discouraged throughout my career as an artist, it's always you're always going to reach points of times where you're not selling anything, and you wonder, you know, whether or not you should persevere. And one of my favorite artists was Van is Van Gogh, mm. and while his his portfolio and the amount of work that he has in museums is vast. Uh, he sold very few paintings while he was alive. I, I want to say he only sold one or two paintings. Isn't that during incredible? And so, hard to believe. <laughs> and, and he's one of the most revered artists of, of our day. And um, so it, it, it's encouraging to think that I've already I've sold more, more artwork than Van Gogh. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and so that, that always inspires me and helps me persevere in times of, of uh, sales hardship. Sure. You know, it's really interesting. My father was an artist and an architect, and I remember as a child driving up, We grew. I grew up in San Diego to L.A., to an art show, Van Gogh, and seeing his work. And many, many years later, I was in Paris during Retromobile and went to one of the art uh, museums in Paris, and there hung the same pieces I saw when I was a kid. Wow. Uh, and I just stood there and went, hey, this is pretty cool. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, he was the artist that probably did it for me as a young boy. I was probably only seven years old when my dad took me to that show. Well, you know, perseverance, tenacity through entrepreneurship, and especially as an artist uh, is definitely important. I think you're well on your way. How have you incorporated this quote into your life and into your business? Is it something that you're reminded daily when you have periods of time where you're not selling as many pieces or... Absolutely. I think there are often times where I have to remind myself and uh, to just keep my nose to the grindstone, so to speak. and Keep painting. Keep, keep, yeah, keep painting and keeping faith in your vision. Yes. Um, yep. Perseverance. I, yeah, perseverance. <laughs> perseverance, I think, is the most important thing for, for any entrepreneur. Yes, absolutely. You know, you talked about uh, your father taking these cross-country trips and going to Europe in a 356. Oh, that sounds like a dream. Is there a, a story that you can share with us that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment, as you remember it, for you that you really knew you were a car guy? Well, I think I always had a fascination with machines. And I actually did have an early fascination with motorcycles more than cars. I collected these magazines, and this was, it's hard to imagine magazines being mostly black and white photos when you look <laughs> at magazines today, but it were black and white images, and I cut out all the colored images, but I cut out most of the black and white images as well, and I, I created this collage that covered three walls of my bedroom, and 
my father pulled me aside and he said, you know, I'm never going to let you get a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, the rules and, are set. And I didn't question. I just, without any any hesitation, I just switched to cars. And yeah. it was an easy, it was an easy transition. But there's just something about, I think it's in our genes. Yes. I, I have a two-year-old son, and it was his his first word is car. <laughs> uh, other than go figure. <laughs> other than mom or dad. Yeah. And, Actually, he says, Mamai, my, my wife is Brazilian, and so he's, he's learning Portuguese and English. Oh, nice. And the word for car is very similar in both. Yep. And so he would point to cars and say, ca, mm -hmm. which is the beginning of car, or carro, which is ah, the uh, yeah. Portuguese. I'm butchering it, I'm sure. But it's a <laughs> Portuguese version. And I'm sure that at his age, I was also pushing cars around the floor and making the sounds. And it's, it's hard to imagine... My joke is that I think that if you could somehow look back in time at what cavemen children were doing, cavemen boys, they were probably pushing rocks around the dirt, <laughs> making truck noises that they didn't even know existed. <laughs> well, we hope so. <laughs> we hope so. Well, very, very cool. I love that. It's just a genetic thing. You've got uh, some motor oil flowing through your veins, I think. Well, like you, my bedroom walls were covered with cutouts of magazines and cars and motorcycles. And I was lucky. My mom did let me have a motorcycle when I was young, but it was a dirt bike. I was not allowed to go on the street. So I could ride my motorcycle from our house to my school without getting on the street by going through some canyons and back roadways. So I was wow. very, very lucky in that respect. What I'd love to do now, James, is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation? What did it teach you? Well, I had some success with my first show of car paintings. And then I, it gave me a lot of confidence and a lot of hubris and my second showing wasn't nearly as successful. Uh -huh. and, that, and that really it let the doubt sink in. And it stunted my development for a while. And it took, it took me a while to get sort of back on my feet, so to speak, and to really to get by, behind myself and to build up my confidence and to uh, sort of reboot my career. Right. And, yeah, I guess that's a, a losing. I think as, as an artist, your your biggest failure is to lose self confidence. Mm. Well, let yeah. me let me ask you this because this is a very common thing for entrepreneurs. Uh, you have all these ups and downs. Something will happen one day, and you go, "Oh yeah, I'm on a path." And then the next day, everything's down and dead again. So, what what are some of the things you did for yourself to get that confidence back to be able to take the next step forward to say, you know what? That was just not a great show, and the next one will be better. I think it's hard to see what comes first because you need to create more, and then you need to get that positive feedback from people you know and trust to help build that confidence. But it's, it's, you've got to get the ball rolling. I've had about three dozen, maybe four dozen artists on my show in the last year and a half, and one of the things I hear from many of them is, you just have to keep painting, keep producing. You said it yourself before, yeah. and that's how you keep 
moving forward. And also surrounding yourself with great people, other artists who've had success, learning from their successes. No matter what fields you're in, you're really a culmination of who you surround yourself with anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, And you work in a collaborative there where you are. You're in your studio today. So you're around other artists, I assume? Yes, there are other artists here. Many of them come on the weekend. And I because I'm a career artist, I usually take the weekends off and spend time <laughs> with my wife and, and son. Yeah. But it is nice to be around other artists. I recommend for any artist who's working from home to see if there is something like this not too far from them, because it's relatively inexpensive compared to trying to rent your own space. Mm-hmm. And because there's some collective uh, cost sharing, you quickly pair up with other artists and you you learn who you can talk to about your work and sort of bounce ideas off of it it's definitely helps keep you motivated yeah absolutely let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum i'd love for you to share what i like to call a career aha moment it's when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new direction you decided to take tell us the steps that you took to make that aha moment for you a success well i think one of my best things that I've done is to, to help to just continue, continuously network. And one of the most important people that I've met in my career, it was happenstance. It was on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. I was with my now wife. I had, I had proposed, we'd gotten engaged on the ship <laughs> nice. and I'd sort of gotten involved in a conversation. We were talking about Pebble beach and this guy lives right around the corner from the Pebble Beach golf course. And it's very sort of involved in that week. And I gave him, I sent him an email with a few, with my website and a picture of one of my paintings. And he immediately got back to me and said, would you, would you like to have an agent? And I, I said, this is fantastic. And so uh, his name's Richard Ahart. He's really helped me a lot as sort of building my confidence, sort of establishing my my pricing structure, a lot of the business stuff that I hadn't really figured out yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's a very business-oriented guy, and I think a lot of artists are not. It was definitely <laughs> one of my yeah. weaknesses. So, And thanks to him, I'm very involved during Pebble Beach Week. I'm basically showing the entire week in different, different locations. Yeah. And uh, that's been my, yeah, the, the whole Pebble Beach Phenomena has been my big, biggest success in being involved in now in the Concorso Italiano and uh, being their official artist. That's been a huge honor for me. And I strive to keep expanding my sort of exposure, and I'm hoping to get involved in more shows. You know, the takeaway I get from this is find, discover where your weaknesses are, areas you need help, and go find somebody to help you. And that frees you up to focus on what you're best at. Let them do the other part of the work. And that collaborative effort and having that mentor, if you will, there is definitely worthwhile. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely important. Yeah, working in isolation without that kind of help can uh, really be a detriment to your your ability to move forward. So fantastic. Well, how about proudest moments? I would assume you've had many with the, the work you've created and awards you've received, but is there one moment, one proudest moment you could share with us? I think sharing my passion with my, with my son is, is very exciting. Uh-huh. And like you mentioned, I have a Beck spider and I love to let him, he loves to sit in the car and play with the steering wheel. And he's very young, but I, I know he's, he's, 
I can see it in him. He's a car nut already. And, <laughs> cool. And so to, I, I look forward to sharing my passion with him like my father shared with me. Although yeah. I think my passion for, car, my, for cars quickly exceeded my father's. <laughs> you know, a father's pride in his son is definitely a strong thing. And the fact that you're uh, sharing your life as a painter, as an artist. I would, how old's your son now? He's almost two and a half. Two and a half, so quite little. So I have a feeling you probably already put some kind of a piece of uh, a pencil or chalk or a drawing device in his hand so he can create something even at two and a half. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And uh, as I said, I had a Beck Spider as well. My son, when he was eight years old, he and I flew down to Long Beach, California, John Wilhoit's shop. John built the car, and we spent five days driving it back up the coast. And I, it, that's why I want that car back is because the memories – in it. You know, I have other cars I've sold that are worth way more money than that car, but you know, the memories that I shared with my son in that car and the memories you're going to share with your son, uh hang on to it, don't let it go. That would be my advice to you. <laughs> I yeah, no, I can't I can't let that car go. It's it's played a significant role in my life so far. Um even though I haven't had it very long. Well, keep enjoying it. They're great little cars. Let's talk about cars a little bit more and have a little bit of fun. What was your first really special car. Maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. My first car was a fun car. And I don't know if many people would call it um, special yet. Maybe it's a future classic, but it was a little Honda Del Sol. Okay. <laughs> it was a, a fun little car, and I learned how to drive stick shift in that car. And But my first real special car probably has to be the back. Mm, yeah. um, years before I purchased the back, I purchased a Lotus Esprit S1. Oh, okay, cool. Which That's is another. very, which is a very special car. However, it it's always needed some work, and I've I it's I've I haven't had it on the road very much. The Beck has always provided excellent memories and reliability, it, probably. Well, when I first got it, it was uh, not that new. It was built in '89. Okay. And I got it about five years ago. What's the chassis number? You know, it's a little bit of a mystery. The chassis number had been stamped into the frame, but that piece of the frame had been removed. Okay, because mine had a little plaque in the uh, by the for, fuel tank. For whatever reason, mine did not have the plaque. Ah, okay. Somebody and took it away, probably. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure how that. What the, the story is? It's it's unclear whether it's one of the early Brazilian cars or one of the late California cars. Okay, mine so, was number eighty-seven. So pretty wow. early. Yeah. When wow. I, I had Chuck Beck on the show and when I told him that he said, Oh, that's a real early car. Yeah. It's a very early car. Yeah. Very cool. Well, they're fun. I was lucky to have one that John Wilhite built. It was a very special car built with all Porsche parts, wow. uh, which made it even more, even a speedster engine was in that car. So no yeah. Kidding. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, what about cars you've let go? Is there one car you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? I haven't had that many cars. That's a, that's the thing. Um, I'm sort of early on in my car collector experience. I did part, I think I parted ways with my Del Sol too early. It wasn't a sale. I, uh, I was 19 and I wasn't thinking straight and I pushed my ability to stay awake at the wheel too far. Uh oh. Yeah. And I managed to fall asleep on the highway. Oh, frightening. And I managed to hit the perfect section of guardrail that, um, while it totaled the car, I was basically fine. With hardly a scratch. Oh, so, yeah, very uh, fortunate. Yeah, wow. yeah. Walk, walked away with that from that. But uh, I definitely think that that would have been a, a car to hold on to for a few more years at least. It was a it was a very fun little 
convertible hard top. Well, it was a target top. Anyway, it was a um, fun little car. Yeah, it's great. Well, you know, it's a a little bit of advice for folks out there. If you are tired, do not drive because you're so fortunate to escape that. My father fell asleep at the wheel, went across a median, rolled his truck multiple times down a a freeway. Thank goodness didn't hit anybody. And he actually was able to crawl out of the car with pretty minor injuries considering he destroyed his truck. And his truck was full of all of his art supplies. So he said, as I stood on the side of the freeway and saw all my canvases and paintbrushes all scattered all over the freeway. Uh, yeah, never do that again. So yeah. don't drive when you're tired. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? I'm working on this uh, painting of a Ferrari Tour de France. Ooh, nice. And uh, there's this beautiful event in San Francisco every year called the California Melee. Mm-hmm, yep. And it, it kicks off towards the end of April. And that whole day, most all the cars are lined up in front of the Fairmont Hotel. Yep. And the, the weather always happens to be perfect. There's <laughs> always sort of, it's always beautiful. And um, the uh, the cars are about to embark on a thousand mile journey of California back roads that takes place in, I want to say, two or three nights. It's yeah. really, they, they pack a lot of driving into a short amount of time. This Tour de France was parked right in front of the building, and I managed to get this shot that that captures the car and the front face of the building with the flags. They've got these beautiful international flags blowing in the wind. Nice. And I've, uh, I'm working on a painting of that that I'm going to pitch as the poster for the event this year. Oh, cool. And last year, I've, I've done a route book cover for them, and they are a uh, relatively small organization However, they're conservative. They've got a good thing, and they're they're resistant to introducing new 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 stuff. And I, David Swig, who's now in charge, was very pleased with my route book cover, and I talked to him about doing a poster, and he was on board. But when he presented the idea to his uh, to the other organizers for the event, they were a little nervous about whether or not this new new item would be within. It's the unknown. Everyone, a lot of people fear the unknown. Yep. So th- this year, I'm I'm taking away the unknown portion, and I'm actually going to mock it up and send them a a mock up poster. Oh, cool! So they they have something to look at. Yeah. And know that you know maybe they'll have some. They'll say we want the text a little different, or we want to do this, but there will be less unknown. They'll be able to say yes, we like this, we want this, and whether or not they want it, I'm really excited about the painting. I think it's going to be a favorite well i'm looking forward to seeing that i've had both howard and david swig on the show i knew their father martin a great guy and it's a wonderful event so we wish you the best success on that i just had a guest on cars yeah here uh, who's a french painter who had very much the same situation he was doing work and the people at lamont wanted him to do uh, they had always used photographs uh, way back they'd used art, but they had used photographs, and they were really nervous about using a painting. And he did the same thing. He mocked something up so they could actually visualize it, and they ended up using it. So right. there's hope for you there. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it really helps people to be able to see it and then know that know what they're committing to before they commit. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, here's a very introspective question, and I love asking this of artists especially. If you were a car, James, what kind of car would you be and why? Well, you know, it's funny. We we brought up the Carmen Ghia earlier in the show, mm-hmm. and I've always loved the shape of the Carmen Ghia coupe. 
and I think I I could see myself as a Carmagia uh, outlaw. Hey, I like that. So something of a sleeper, but you know, well detailed, and I I think that everyone loves the the three fifty six and the 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 build quality of the Carmagias, as I'm told, is is very similar. Yeah, and I'm always shocked at how undervalued they are. Yep, and as and, and as a as a uh, an artist who hopes to have a uh, a large career ahead of myself, I like to think that I, maybe at this point I'm, I'm a little undervalued. So <laughs> there you go. You know, I love that answer. I had a Carmagee in high school through college. I love that car, and I like the idea of an outlaw. I would love to buy a Carmagee and give it to Rod Emery. And he builds an amazing outlaw 356s. You know, his father, Gary Emery, was famous for that. And his grandfather was famous even before then. Uh, he was one of the guys who built one of the first Baja Bugs uh, that ever existed. So I would love to give Rod Emery a Carmagia Coupe to bring back my high school days, but put like a 2.2 liter 911 engine in the back of that thing. Sleeper. There's a lot you can do with a Volkswagen engine. The, my Spider as a. Uh, 2.275 liter. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, there's room for a larger forged crank. Uh-huh. And the hot rod Volkswagen parts are are much more accessible than the 911 ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a lot more affordable. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a there's a people always ask me what the engine is in that car and I said, "Well, it has an original Volkswagen crankcase." <laughs> But that's about it. Everything else has been bolted on, and, and the, the, those old crankcases are magnesium, which is fun. Yeah. It's sort of an exotic material, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I love your answer for that. I think it's great. I hope that both of us someday get that Carmagia. <laughs> yeah. But I love the fact that you want to be a Carmagia outlaw. I think that's super. So, James, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CarsYad.com slash sponsors. Okay, James, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yes. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, I hate to give it a generic answer, but it has to just be regular maintenance. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've had some people say, Make sure you've got oil in your engine. So, you know. Yeah. Checking your oil and... and uh, Adjusting and, the valves. <laughs> it's rudimentary. But that and, you know, for your everyday practical car, it's hard to beat reliable uh, uh, Japanese cars. I've had two Hondas that, that 
that never steered me wrong. Yeah, great car. Well, and take care of your vehicle. That's so so important. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped you along the way to be successful? Well, I hate to, to beat the drum too often, but it, it has to be perseverance. Believing in myself and continuing going big, and if that doesn't work, going bigger. <laughs> there you go. I like that. You go big, and if that doesn't work, go bigger. There you go. How about resources? I know there are a lot out there, but is there one resource in particular you think the Cars Yeah listeners would really enjoy? Yeah, I, I do go to uh, bring a trailer very often because I always have – I'm always dreaming of buying new cars even when I'm not really seriously planning on buying new cars. But of course, in, we all are. <laughs> for any aspiring artist, I always tell them to, to just get started. And one of the things to bring the cost down is to go to one of my, one of my favorite online stores, uh, Jerry's Artorama. You can find, and I, I use acrylic paints, which are fantastic. The high quality acrylics, you can they're safe to use in your home. I, yeah. I shy away from oils; they're very toxic. Jerry's Artorama. Jerry's Artorama. I love it. <laughs> cool. Okay. No, those are both great. Randy Nonnenberg from Bring a Trailer has been a guest on this show as well. So uh, yeah, he sends me. Well, all of us we get his uh, emails every day and go, oh, I want to bid on that one. So. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's really exciting now that they've started their auctions. And... Yeah, yeah, they're doing some great things. How about a book? Is there one book in particular you would share with the listeners that you've really enjoyed reading? Yeah, you know, I this is a book for every automotive enthusiast. I'm not a huge reader. I Like some of your other um, guests, I suffered with some dyslexia issues. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, getting getting through the, the high school and college required reading was, was a struggle. Yeah. Um, there's a book called Go Like Hell. Ah, A.J. Bame. Uh, yeah. I, have your have your other uh, guests brought that up before? You know, it's really funny. I, I did a show this morning with Carlos Salaf, who's an automotive designer and builder. He recommended that book. So now today I've got that book twice. It is probably the most recommended book here on yeah. Cars. Yeah. A.J. Bame and that book is uh, it's awesome. It is a really fast read and he manages to be extremely descriptive while not being overly complicated with his words mm -hmm. so that it keeps the pace up. Yeah. I liked your comment. It's a really fast read and his title go by, go like hell. <laughs> and for, for any of your listeners who prefer to listen, it is available in an audiobook. Too. Yeah, absolutely. I did read it. I, I read the paper, the paper version and then I, I bought it as an audiobook for a uh, drive to Scottsdale I did with my agent Perfect. so that we could listen to it during our conversational lulls. Yeah, absolutely. Now, great book. And I'll remind our listeners that you can find all these great resources at carsyad.com slash James Caldwell. And there's a great place on the Cars yeah website, Guest Recommended Books, where James' recommendation and all the past 400-plus guest books are listed with quick, easy links so you can find the books and read them. All right, James, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'm writing the check, what would that one vehicle be, and more importantly, why? Well, I knew this question was coming, and I've been agonizing over this. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it goes back and forth, but I think it would have to be a, uh, a McLaren F1. Ooh, okay. Well, you've picked a very special car. Has that been one that's been brought up before? A couple people have yeah. suggested that car. Uh, why, let's say, what is it about the McLaren F1 you love so much? 
Well, I, I loved, you know, I loved it as soon as the car came out. And I loved the idea of a no holds barred car where they weren't worried about a budget. They just, they did it as best they could. No expenses spared. There was great design freedom that they were able to have a central driver's seat with two passenger seats, one on either side of the driver, which I was always fascinated with that configuration. Yeah. And I'm shocked that no one, no one else has created a production car that's copied that format. Even McLaren, uh, with their new cars, they didn't, they didn't dare go back to right. that, that unusual setup. Yeah. But the, the close second, and I, I, I know you, you said just to mention one, but I love the last of the, the 911 GT1s. Okay, yeah. The, or, or, the, or the, they may have been just called the Porsche GT1s. They were from the late 90s. They won Le Mans overall, and there, there was a time that, and they had to have a, a homologated street version. Mm-hmm. It really was a race car, but I, I miss I miss the era of road-going homologation cars. It right. seems like it's something that's missing from racing these days that helps keep the race cars somewhat grounded in reality. I I understand. Well, the McLaren F1, Gordon Murray's design of that car, absolutely spectacular. It is a very, very special car. I've never had the pleasure of reviewing riding in one, much less driving one, but... Uh, uh, my son and I were at Pebble Beach one summer, and a guy drove up in front of the lodge. He had just driven in from Salt Lake City. The car was covered in bugs. Wow. He got out, and I went, you drove this from Utah? You're you're like my hero. <laughs> and I have a picture of my son kneeling down behind it. I think he was about 12 or 13 years old, and uh, he let him sit in it. And he goes, oh, this is so cool. Yeah, I can't think of any other car. Maybe the Matra Simca Bagheera, who had the kind of the three buckets in the front, that very unique car that was designed, but the, the driver was still off to the side, so they didn't import those here, although I did see one here once. There's another story behind that, but well, yeah. great choice, great choice, McLaren F1. What color would you like that in? Silver. That's the silver. I mean, typical silver. Yeah. Great. Well, James, you have taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your silver McLaren F1? I think it just has to be to um, believe in yourself and to persevere. I, I think I'm, I'm feeling repetitive saying the same thing again. But, it's okay. Uh, That's your focus. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to stay focused and don't, don't let any... Uh, any stumbling blocks get in your way. Great advice. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and see your artwork? Um, uh, my website, which is in some need of uh, updating, uh, jamesartist.com. Okay. And uh, my Facebook page that, for my artwork, which is under James Artist, that you'll probably provide a link to. Yes, we'll put that on your show notes page. I often share that uh, wonderful experience I had down at Jay Leno's Garage. Okay, we'll post a link to to that show as well on your show notes page. That's a fun way for people to to see the artwork with people standing around. It's yes. sometimes hard to get a sense of scale yes. unless you you see people with the artwork. 
Great advice. Well, yep. listeners, again, you can find links to everything James has been so kind to share with us today at CarsYad.com. Just put James in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with links to the Jay Leno Show, his website, Facebook page, so that you can experience what James is uh, doing. And next time you're at uh, Pebble Beach in the summer, Concorso, Pebble Beach, all those, uh, make sure you walk up to James and said, James, how you doing? I saw you on Cars Yeah. So very cool. Or I heard you on Cars Yeah would be a more appropriate way to say it. That's how I met you. So, James, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your life with us. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks a lot, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!